this is Yajun. Hi, this is Jingjing. So today is our great pleasure to have a Jackie Yu, founder of FMI with us. She had an amazing career. She started her career in investment bank, wealth management firm, and then she was a CFO of a US listed Chinese company. Then later she dropped off everything and started her own startup company. So I'm going to share with her story today and also her thoughts and experience during the whole process, whole path. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So what does Finmai do? Can you tell us a little bit more about this company? Sure. Yeah, so Finmai is a financial SaaS product that delivers real-time financial analytics and business insights to business decision makers. So maybe we can start from the beginning. Tell me about um, your first job, your later you know, development, what you are doing today. From the very beginning. Oh, okay, sure, sure. It was 1996, and it was the time when the foreign banks were entering China. Um, so at that time, I was very, very lucky to graduate into a vacuum of talents. Okay. So I was able to get a very nice job with Bank of America, Shanghai branch, mm -hmm. and was working as the branch manager's assistant. Our clientele were the Fortune 500 companies of the world uh, with their subsidiaries in East China. And uh, through that exposure, I decided that I wanted to pursue an MBA uh, degree from the U.S., applied to a number of schools and got accepted by Arizona State University. Right. And after that, after you graduated from uh, MBA, where did you go? Um, I joined Northern Trust in San Francisco. Northern Trust is a wealth management firm. You know, it's a trust company, but, you know, they were managing, we call the old money, the money that has <laughs> been passed down by generations. Right. Oh, okay. Um, versus the new money, which is like the Silicon Valley startup type oh, of money. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and I was an investment officer there doing portfolio management, deciding what stocks to buy, what to sell for, for the clientele. From okay. there on, uh, I moved on to Sand Hill Advisors. It's in the heart of Silicon Valley in Palo Alto. Uh, and we were managing the new money, <laughs> uh, like, you know, the, the money of Apple early uh, employees and founders, etc. Did you buy Apple stock back then? <laughs> no. Were Too bad. Allowed, were you allowed to buy like uh, not. Yeah, client no. right, stock? Right, probably not. Shame. Yeah. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I was their shareholder a few years ago. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, in their prime time. Oh, and then I joined a hedge fund in San Diego. Oh, yes, wow. we were very out of place because San Diego is a beautiful beach town, very laid back. It's kind of like <laughs> in an, a, a college town plus a retirement community. Oh, jeez. But we were a hedge fund that was fighting for time. Like we, we were counting seconds, you know, in, in, in the speed that we move at. So, so it was very, it was a very surreal experience. Mm. Um, and I was covering China and, uh, and India at the time. Mm. So I would be talking to quite a few uh, Chinese and Indian companies every day assessing investment opportunities because my early years of experience were all uh, secondary markets, like yeah, publicly, right. you know, public stocks. But just by looking at the matrix of the companies and, um, and assigning a market value, just felt like there's still a veil that behind these matrix that I wanted to uncover. Mm. Uh, what is driving the matrix. Some companies just continue to produce better 
numbers than others. What is the source of these numbers? Mm. So I really wanted to like get into the, the the source of everything. And besides, you know, I felt that you know I'd like to take advantage of my Chinese experience, my my China background, and I understand that China is on this great rise in history. So um, so I was very eager to get back into the China scene. So uh, I was very lucky that during that time it was the the phase when a lot of Chinese tech companies were coming to the U.S. for IPOs, mm, right. uh, like Nasdaq and uh, New York ex- stock exchanges, yeah. and they're also very hungry for talent. And uh, my uh, exposure to the U.S. capital market was very valuable to them. So I was um, lucky enough to to be able to take on the CFO role of these companies right off the bat mm. and there you know i was under a, a lot of um stress mm. uh, i was the connector uh between the company and and the capital market mm. and the two cultures uh i would say collided <laughs> um, so on the one hand you have you know um not only the cultural difference but also there's a there's a huge gap between the business environment that our companies were in in China versus right. the managerial requirement Mm-mm. that the U.S. capital market was looking for, mm-hmm. right. uh, and China was not there. You know, the the U.S. capital market carries a very sophisticated view uh, and 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 methodology of assessing companies, but you know, Chinese companies at the time didn't have to be so well managed because right. we had so many low hanging fruit. Mm. You just have to run fast. You just have to shoot fast, and mm. you can hit a lot of fruit, mm. right? So, so you know, I, I think you know. On the one hand, uh, our companies were probably not uh, as up to that level in terms of managerial capabilities, but on the other hand, uh, it was it was very reasonable from a Chinese perspective. Mm. I I needed to close that gap between the U.S. capital market expectations and the 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 real worlds that we were operating in, so that took a uh, a lot of hard work, and after a couple of uh, you know liscos, I felt like I I burnt out. <laughs> so you know, how, how long that you were you were yeah. in the CFO uh, position? I think probably five six years. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was yeah. Okay. very exhausting. Yeah. And quarterly trips around the world. Doing, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Road know, shows. Yeah. Meeting yeah. analysts. Exactly. Going to the conferences. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the drill just goes on and on. Mm. It's you know. Uh, it, it's it's never, like a never ending journey. It, right. Right. It, it, it never ends. It, never pauses either Mm. so i felt like you know to be responsible to my employers and to be responsible to myself i needed a break Mm. so i took a very gutsy move uh, (laughs) which was to take a year off and that was the best decision ever if you want to ask me what was the best decision in your career what was the best career decision i would say it's taking a year off in the middle of the career and just think about it, ponder on it, and and not moving forward, not being so eager to move further on. Mm-hmm. I gave myself a break, and uh, that changed the path uh, for the rest of my career, and I owe it all to that year of sabbatical. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend this to everyone. 
Great. So yeah. after that year of sabbatical, what decision that you made? I think you know it was really um, you know during that year I just basically let go of of all obligations. I had no、mm. obligation whatsoever. I got up whenever I wanted to. I、uh, did anything that I wanted. You know whatever my heart felt like at the moment. And、uh, you know my husband and I took spontaneous. Trips. We traveled to Japan. We went to Europe, a few different places. So I just, you know, did whatever I felt like. And also during that time, I was like, kind of searching for the meaning of life,、mm-hmm. because you know, reflecting on my first part of my career, I felt like I was on this treadmill.、Mm. The treadmill had certain rules, and、uh, the speed of the the treadmill keeps going up. And I felt like I needed a break, so I got off the treadmill. And then, you know, I just thought, what did it really do for me? I think, you know, I was on it. I gained experience. I accumulated a little bit of, you know, personal wealth.、Uh, I had a little bit of success. But at the end of the day, did I need all that material? You know, the good stuff piled up in my home, and I never had the time, nor did I have the mindset. Mm. To really enjoy it, and in the meantime, I was exhausted and、um, stressed. I didn't feel happy, so I just thought, okay, all of this, these accomplishments, what did they do for me? I、mm. felt, why do I feel mentally and physically exhausted?、Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense, right? Right. Because these things are supposed to give me happiness,、mm. but at this point, I got a taste of it, but it doesn't feel happy. So do I want more of that? Right. So that's what I really pondered on during my、right. year of sabbatical. And then you know, because I had a lot of free time on hand, I was exposed to a sort of like a podcast、mm-hmm. in China.、Uh, it's called Xu Wenbin Jiang Jie Huang Di Nei Jing. It's a it's it's about Chinese medicine, and it's、uh, it's a dialogue between. Uh, an interviewer who is very interested in this topic, and really a, a, a journalist,、mm-hmm. and the other the expert is a Chinese medicine doctor who is very cultured, and his his talks are fascinating.、Right. He talked about, you know, Chinese characters, the meanings that was were were carried in the traditional characters,、mm-hmm. the you know Taoism behind Chinese medicine and how one should live their lives. You know, being being in rhythm with nature,、mm. uh, in terms of you organize your day to the to the way you you organize your four seasons. You know, you need to like in rhythm、mm. with nature, and then you will feel healthier and happier.、Mm. So I was very into it, but I think you know that was still my path. It's not my destiny. But through that exposure, I also befriended with similar-minded people, new friends, etc. And one of them just said, "We have weekly classes、uh, on Buddhism. You know, it's、uh, like self-study groups. If you're interested,、uh, you're welcome to to observe." So I was very curious. I had no idea what Buddhism really talks about.、Right. I know that it has a lot of rituals.、Uh, you need to pray. You need to do a lot of you know these. What I still considered superstitious mm, things, right, yeah,、uh, formalities, but it still has that mystery to me、mm-hmm. that I wanted to explore a little bit further into. So、right. I joined them once. I thought it's very interesting. Like I just feel like there is this vast 
body of knowledge that's there. Mm. And I'm just peeking, I'm peeking through a peephole. From there on, I got more exposed to Buddhism. And, uh, you know, I just felt like that is where I felt my heart was. Which part of Buddhism attracts you so much? I think Buddhism to me, it's the ultimate science of the universe. Hmm. And our lives on earth is part of universe. Hmm. So there is actually a greater set of rules that governs how, how things operate in the universe. It's way above and beyond what we observe. Most of us, before getting that level of wisdom or getting that kind of knowledge, are observing rules the way we're exposed to. Mm. But it's very limited, and it doesn't lead us to the right destination. If, let's say, you know, if uh, material success and uh, career success, your position in in business world, etc., can bring me happiness, why was I so physically and mentally exhausted. It doesn't make sense, right? So yeah. something else is dictating or d determining happiness. Mm. Buddhism talks about that. It hits the core of that. But, you know, before that, I didn't know. If you asked me three years ago, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I just thought it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Something draws me into it. I don't know what that something is. Mm -hmm. Today, I can tell you that it's this ultimate truth about the universe that we're living in. And if you look at the earth from a universal standpoint, oh my gosh, it's like a piece of dust. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seriously. So I think when I felt like I was well-rested, mm -hmm. I was ready to, you know, get back into the world and uh, make my contribution to the world. I thought, what would I want to do? Do I want to like, continue the path that I was on and get back onto that treadmill? Or do I want to do something else? So uh, I was pretty clear at the time. You know, the Chinese doctor, he quoted uh, a Taoist philosopher. And he said, um, in Chinese, it's called Shu Bu Bu Shu is like the way you make a living, your job. Mm -hmm. You have to choose it very carefully mm -hmm. uh, because that's what we spend day in and day out doing and spending the, the majority of the time that we have doing. Yeah. So he said, you know, your job needs to enrich you in terms of health and spirit. Right. So I... At the time, you know, I thought that was like the most valuable piece of advice I got. So when I was looking, what, evaluating what I wanted to do next, I really used this as a guide. So I thought, you know, truthfully, I asked myself, what would enrich my health mm. and uh, spirit? So I thought, you know, I wanted to do something that carries a lot of meaning to myself, to, to me, you know, not to others. And then, you know, on the other hand, uh, what do I have, right? I, right. If you want me to be a lawyer, I'm simply incapable of. <laughs> so, so I thought after gaining some financial management experience with public listed companies, I would like to make that experience uh, available 
to the startups that are still on their way, on their pursuit for success. And uh, in China, back then, there was a vacuum of high-quality uh, financial services to that segment because, you know, the startup culture was not quite there. Mm. But there are so many companies that had to go through disastrous experiences uh, on their way to success if they could get through it at all. Mm -hmm. Some of them simply can't recover at all. But if I'm able to advise them early on to avoid certain things, it, it doesn't cost them a whole lot, but it saves them huge failures down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thought that would be meaningful. So I went out and uh, set up a consulting service. And back then, I wanted to do a shared service. So I, I defined my service as finance department on demand. So a startup company can start, you know, when they're very, very small, they can simply use us to manage their financials. But over, it's been three years, a little over three years, and we've been able to help companies from really, you know, startup to IPO. Mm -hmm. uh, and, wow. and all stages in the, in the middle, you know, you can name it from seed round to uh, uh, angel to A, B, C, D, E, F, G, <laughs> and, and all the way to IPO. Wow. So I'm very happy with that. But during this time, I recognized that there is such a void of technology mm. in financial mm. management for the, the early stage companies before they become marquee companies. Mm. And we're still stuck technology-wise for financial management. Uh, you know, the, the, the accountants have to enter the data manually into these systems, and the systems don't generate any financial insights for decision makers. We started to incubate this idea of developing a financial SaaS product mm. um, a while ago, and it was a big learning curve. And so? <laughs> oh, it was uh, because, you know, I had zero uh, technology background. <laughs> and then to, to think that I, I can come up with a technology product is a little bit of a leap of faith, right? Uh, but, you know, I still went ahead and, and tried it. So June of this year, just a few months ago, we uh, released our alpha version, our first MVP, the mm -hmm. minimal viable product. We got really exciting feedback from all users and from mm. small companies to fairly big companies. I have uh, publicly listed companies, mm. 300 people, you know, their, their C-level came to our office discussing seriously about our MVP, how this <laughs> could later help them. Uh, and I had uh, unicorn level companies, right. you know, the CFO was pounding the table on how this can really enable their shared uh, service, financial service center for the company mm. where only four or five people can manage the financials for the entire company. Right. So so these are all really reinforcing feedback mm -hmm. from from potential users. Recently I was uh you know also I, I joined a, a competition, a national competition organized <laughs> by NetEase. Uh it's a tech pitch competition. Oh wow. And uh I was really shocked when I uh was named the champion for Beijing. Oh, wow. Uh, Congratulations. Region. And then I, yeah. I ended up uh, among the top 10 nationally. Wow. So, so it was just, uh, just recently. Yeah. Oh, so right. that, was, that was very encouraging. So it seems like I could. I could continue to try, <laughs> at least.
I mean, can I just quickly summarize your fascinating experience, if I could? So that you basically had a the textbook career path for yes. a lot of professionals in our generation. You graduated from a, a very famous renowned university, and then you went to start to to work in a multinational, world famous bank, and then you carried on further education and got MBA,、mm-hmm. which is like even better equipped yourself with the with with the degrees that's so important and so well recognized in the financial industries, and then you went on to. Investment communities, and then do fundraising, do hedge management. Then, then that set the path for you to become the CFO of a major public listed company in the U.S. So you basically had a had a textbook career, but then now you move away from that and then started your own company, which is a startup company.、Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a big change. Yes, and I think it's just. As fascinating in so many levels, and I think from a from a personal levels because Yajun and I were still like on our way, early, early middle stage, in the middle <laughs> stage, <laughs> yeah, like midterm sort of okay, you know career、right. career development path. You know, it's yeah for us. Take、I、a mean, year off. <laughs> it's just I mean for for us because we're talking about us like for us like CFO is. For a lot of people, that's the ultimate goal of their career peak, right?、Mm-hmm. They want to be the the C level of a big Chinese, especially U.S. list companies,、yeah. and then you just toss those away and take one year off and start from the beginning again.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that decision is a little bit shocking for I'm sure for a lot for of people. Lot. Yeah, and I want to get a little bit more understanding about that, like. Was it easy to make a decision? Was it difficult? And... Oh, to me, it was very easy. To me, it comes、mm. naturally. I probably have entrepreneurship in my blood.、Mm. Um, so you know,、uh, in my early years, of course, there was not a startup environment, and、uh, nor nor did I have any means. So I went the traditional way.、Mm. Uh, but if you look at the the size of the company that I work for. It keeps shrinking <laughs>、oh. because you know when、um, I felt very very uh, clearly uh, from early early stage of my career, when you're with a very established multinational company, you are nothing but a screw、mm, in a、right. big piece of machine, and you are so replaceable. And even my boss's boss, who I thought was so important. Could be placed on a dime. You can have a lot of ideas of how to improve things, how we can do better, but nobody really cares. So you can be, you know, as one can ever be, but but nobody cares, right?、Mm-hmm. But in a smaller environment, you are counted on a lot more, and the impact is much bigger. But at the end of the day, I just felt, you know, it's really this ultimate pursuit of of meaning in life.、Mm-hmm. I think that、mm-hmm. that drove my decision from a. Another perspective, it's actually very natural, because you know if I if I consider the 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 Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I feel like my first phase before my sabbatical,、mm-hmm. I was、um, you know trying to go from a, a stage of you know material sca- scarcity、mm-hmm. to material abundance. You know, a lot of people continue on, of course,、mm-hmm. and there you、right. can you can get a a lot, even a lot more. You know, if you want, 
But to me, there's a marginal benefit. For me,、uh, at that time, it started to go to the negative, and then I started to search for a higher level of of need、uh, on that hierarchy, which is what do I want to do to make my life meaningful to myself?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so then you know it's not difficult at all because if we talk about emptiness, all that stuff really carried nothing,、mm-hmm. no meaning、mm-hmm. to me at least. In philosophy, there's a Again, a Chinese word, which is 先入后出 Like、mm-hmm. you gotta play, enter that game, in order to exit the game. Right.、Mm, I think right. you need to yeah. understand yeah. how it works. How it works, and and you and gotta you, pursue what、right. you think is valuable, and、yeah. then you get it. You recognize that oh, it's not all that valuable. At、mm. that time, you you can exit,、mm. but before you see that. Yeah. You will continue to pursue it, right? right But I do think that my so-called、uh, accomplishment was just small. It's you know, a lot of people continue to accomplish bigger success. I just I pursued different things. My definition of success is probably a little different. Right.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people when they make a career development is well, career de- de- decision. It is a hard gamble. Mm-hmm. Because on one hand, if you want to follow your heart, like we、yeah. say, right, follow your heart, you know, do things that you want to do,、mm-hmm. but there are so many obstacles in your lives. For example, like families, you know, income, financial yeah, financial stability, exactly, and a lot of things get in the way.、Mm-hmm. Yes,、yeah. rather than I can just drop everything and jump into、true. another、yeah. thing. Very、right? true.、Yeah. And、so、also, as we're growing up, like we carry more baggage on our. Mm-hmm. Shoulders, right? So, like at the beginning, is you want to have a degree, and you want to have a good job and a good title. But then later on, that you need to have house, and you have,、right. and you have mortgage, and you have family, then you have family that you need to look after. And then over time, that we have so many baggage on our shoulder,、yes. yeah. and then our only string of source to care to to pull them together is the job that you have, then、yes. then can put food on the table,、yeah. and then it's and also over time that you. You also accumulate a lot of things that you might you you might not need. For example, like、mm. a big house. I want a house. I want a big house. I want a bigger house. I want a nicer car. And then oh, you you just accumulate those. And then at the de- end of the day, that you feel like there's too much stake into all of this. You know, for you to quit whatever、yeah. you're doing. You're, and especially you're, you're jumping into, you know, sort of like not continue to the career、uh, like a material. Pursuing path and then to do something different that's less rewarding financially.、Yeah. I think that's more important. Like that's more difficult decision for people to make. Right. I jumped aboard. I left an old firm and working to do start this start. Yeah. yeah, start you know our own firm, and even though back then I was like I wasn't CFO at all. I was like you know、um, in the middle level in the firm.、Yeah. But even. Even that at that moment was like a big decision for me.、Mm. Thinking back, I think it was like gamble.、Mm. You know, should I just give up a stable job, which has、yeah. pretty promising future? You know, I'll become director, become partner. I can see the the path the is path. very clear. Exactly.、Yeah. But jumping into the new boat, I have no idea what will happen.、Mm-hmm. You know, it may succeed.、Mm-hmm. It may not,、mm-hmm. and after that, what am I going to do?、Mm-hmm. That's a question really bothered me for for a long time. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and I think people are wired differently, also.、Mm. Um, so I I want to make reference to a, a documentary that I watched、mm. called Meru. 
M E R U.、Oh. And it's a documentary about a mountain climbing team trying、mm. to conquer this, the, the, supposedly the, the world's hardest mountain in the world.、Uh, and it's in India. So this mountain、uh, is shaped like a shark fin.、Mm. And、uh, before this team, no other team had ever conquered it. So they wanted to go, and you have to be very well rounded. In, in terms of the climbing skills, in、mm. order to make it. And there is one comment from a friend of the captain of the team who was interviewed. And that comment stuck to my head for, for so long. And he said, he said, that mountain to most people is a risk that they need to stay away from. But to certain minds, it represents an irresistible temptation. Interesting. Yeah. So I think, you know, people are different. Like, or, or a more common example is、uh, surfers, right?、Mm. The, the waves in the ocean. <laughs> most, you know, most of us who probably, you know, are not into that sport, we're like, oh, you know, that's dangerous. Let's stay away from it and stay safe. Yeah. But then there, there is a group of people who want to play with that wave and get on top of it and get. Really high,、uh, yeah, which makes them、over. so excited about it. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, there is a little bit of that.、Yeah. Different、mm-hmm. people different are attracted、ways. to different things. Yeah. 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 But also, you know, there's also this, this debate between the heart and the mind and,、mm. the, and the brain. Right, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah.、Uh, so, so that's actually, that is ultimately the struggle that most of us have. Your heart wants to go one way, but the brain keeps making the heart rational. Like、mm. talking <laughs> rationality to the heart. The heart is like, I want to do what. But the, the brain says, you should do what. Look、yeah. at the risk and the return, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's,、yeah. that's what you know, makes us like, really、uh, conflicted most of the time with big decisions. But actually, you know, this is where、um, Buddhism, Buddhist practice comes in. Buddhism actually is all about heart, it's the science about our minds. It is so sophisticated. So sophisticated.、Mm-hmm. So,、uh, over time, I learned that intuition trumps at the end of the day. Your heart trumps the head,、mm-hmm. the brain. The brain's analysis is actually very limited.、Mm-hmm. It's based on our experience education. and education、mm-hmm. and exposure, which is very limited. And what we think may materialize the risk and return, they may never pan out. Most of the time, they don't pan out the way <laughs> we think. Think about it.、True. And recently, I saw a chart、uh, which is very, very insightful. It has a few circles that has the common center.、Mm-mm. So it's like one ring outside of another ring.、Right. So at the very outside is the consciousness,、Mm-mm. and that's, that's determined by the brain. But at the end of the day, you have subconsciousness, and, and then you have something else that is even more beyond noticing. And these, from the level of subconsciousness all the way to that very core that we don't even notice, those are actually ruled by the, the heart. The mind is more on the superficial stuff,、mm-hmm. the, more, the more superficial level. So if we let the brain take over, We're only allowing very superficial rationalities to come in.、Mm-hmm. But the more deeper things are actually felt by the heart. And the heart tells you straight away, very pointedly, what you should do. And we、mm-hmm. know it. 
We know it, but we don't know why, because it's subconsciousness, mm-hmm. and and it's beyond words. We don't know why, but that's exactly what we should follow. Going back a little bit of how you develop your mindset about the way you approach life. When you were, for example, being a fund manager, a fund manager, and also hedge working for the hedge fund. At that time, where you started thinking about what you really want for life, when was this pursuit of meaning of your life comes into your mind, and for what reason? Uh, no, I, when I was a hedge fund, I was so into the game. I was so <laughs> fascinated by it because you know, I, I actually, I um, probably too busy to think about it. I was just like, I wanted to earn more money. Oh, I was, I was having so much fun with what I did. And、uh, you know, I also I also identified the financial crisis before it erupted,、wow. and I cashed out of my personal investments. My my、uh, <laughs> so smart. My、uh, investment advisor thought I was crazy. Just like, what are you doing? But I cashed out, and you know, I、uh, I relocated back to China with my husband. Oh my、um, god! So wow! So it all it was all thanks to that job,、uh, because I was talking to China and India. Most of the time, and I was living in the U.S., so I knew what was going on in these three major economies. Yeah, so so I was having a lot of fun. I don't know, maybe maybe there's an age thing. I I find the age of thirty eight as a magical number、mm-hmm. because I've、for、talked women. to for women. Yes, actually, it was after I decided to take a year off that other people older than me. Started to tell me, oh, I did that too. <laughs>、uh, I was like, oh, really? You know, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have found out that so many people actually did it. So、right. it's not all that as special as I thought. <laughs> And then I I recognized that most of the women who did it was, they started to feel differently at the age of thirty eight. There might be、mm. an age thing because in Chinese medicine, in Huangdi Neijing, it sums it out all out. Like women are seven year cycles, each seven year. Um, you get into certain features.、Mm-hmm. Uh, your your body and your your mind take、mm-hmm. on things get to a different level. So thirty eight is like halfway through, you know, a certain level. So anyway, for men the cycle is eight. <laughs> <laughs> That's why men mature more slowly than women. In Buddhism,、uh, the theory says it goes that our minds are very very、uh, unstable, very unpredictable. We never know what we want tomorrow or next year. So, so our lives in the future is is beyond our analysis or expectation. We think we know、yeah. ourselves. We don't know ourselves at all. I feel like since I was a kid, because you know, based on our education, well, everyone told me that there's certain rules.、Mm-hmm. You have to be a good student. You go to the best university, then find the best job. I have been planning. For my entire life, I planned which school I should go.、Uh, when I was in college, I have my whole life planned out. Yes, I did、yeah. the same. Exactly. I thought, you know, I should study in the U.S. I should、uh, do this and that, and I even had a a little journal, and I write down everything I want to do in my life when I was in my high school. I was so anxious the entire time、mm-hmm. because I'm worried that I cannot reach that goal. I cannot、uh, live my life as I planned,、mm. so there was so much anxiety, especially on the career part. I just felt worried that I wouldn't reach that goal, 
But turned out my life is so different yes. mm. from what I planned. Exactly. I didn't yeah. study in the U.S. at all. Instead, <laughs> I went to France. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I didn't um, work in a multinational company. I become a journalist first. I never thought about being mm-hmm. a journalist, mm. and I never thought about become a communication specialist. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, if you ask me when I was 15 what a communication is, I have no idea. Yeah. And and every job I, I wanted when I was a kid was like a really fancy job. Probably CFO, maybe. Right. <laughs> well, lawyer yes. or something. Right. But right. the life is just so different. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, I always say like, oh, life is like a box of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And life can also throw us curveballs that we never expect. Who would right. plan disasters in our lives, right? Mm. Nobody ever plans that, but it doesn't mean that they don't occur. Everybody has their fair share. Right. Of of troubles and issues, yeah. Life is above and beyond our personal control. It's beyond anybody's control. So, for example, we think we can control stuff. Mm-hmm. We can't control anything. There's not a thing that we can control. So that's that's really you know our minds are very very flawed. And and the very key thing is to not trust our our fears. Mm-hmm. Our fears are the biggest misleading factor in life. You know, and 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 not to not to be led by by greed. That's the other major right. misleading factor in life. Mm-hmm. Capital market, uh, oftentimes we're dealing with greed and fear. It's mm. essentially these two things that are driving yeah. the the roller coasting cycles, right? right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And also the sort of current economy is based on is is greed because mm-hmm. they encourage people to work hard so you can earn more money, and then you buy things, and then you know you boost consumption, and then but then you need more. So it's like I feel the whole current society is is based on what. The, the materials that you need to have for your yeah, life yeah uh, but then, not so much about what you want spiritually yeah um, i think that's right. a huge part that's missing yeah like, like the key narrative in yeah. the society mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we we're driven by greed uh, to strive for success and then we are hindered by fear from letting go right of, of what we've already had so so greed and fear that's mm-hmm. essentially the biggest bugs in, in our minds don't let money be the main factor in your key decisions. If you allow that, we will end up regretting. I feel that way. That's how I've managed my career. I, I follow my heart. My brain knows not to even go there to, mm. to, to argue with my heart. It's interesting that you are the one who have been managing the money yeah. and giving advice to young people that don't let money to manipulate yes. you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You know, you know what I, the the lesson that I learned from money management industry mm. was, money cannot be managed. Mm. It cannot be managed. All the money managers will mm. tell you, oh look, this return I generated. Mm. No, they're subject to luck, fear, and greed, and a bigger trend in the in in the marketplace. It wasn't produced by them. They're they're just one of the players. And they're just interpreting the the results. So now that I'm out of that industry, I can say that you can say, oh, the Warren Buffetts of the world. But I think the Warren Buffetts of the world they're so successful because they are they're not attached to this game. They're not controlled by by greed and fear. That's why they can do well. Just follow your heart. It becomes more important than ever before to follow the heart. 
for for myself when I grow up, I don't have a role model mm-hmm. for career development mm-hmm. because my parents they have this eight to five job. You know, they pretty much go to work and do what they are asked to do, and that's it.、Mm-hmm. And for them, a job is a job. A job is not a career. They may expect a promotion, but the promotion is to give them a bigger title, not to give them a better career.、Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I doubt whether they have the concept of career.、Mm. So that's why when I start to find a job, I start to work. I have a lot of disagreement with my parents. They just cannot understand why I have to work hard. I have to work overtime. Because in their mind, it's no matter how hard you you work, it's the company who is going to benefit from it. I basically learn how to develop this mindset about、uh, career development by myself. I I look for information. I talk to people, but it was a long journey, and I have no idea how to act in a very professional way when I first start a job. I don't understand why my boss keep asking me to to do things. Because I feel like why other people sitting there had nothing to do. I'm the busy one, <laughs> right? And later I learn after talking to people and who are more experienced, more senior than me. I realize that if in a company that you are asked to do things constantly, that means you are in demand. That means you are valuable to the company. Yes.、Mm-hmm. And that's a long journey for me to to look for myself. I don't know whether you have that kind of experience, where you just parents helpful to your career development, where you you also figure out by yourself. And how did you do that? Um, I think you know my parents um lived in a world that is so different from from my time. Ah, <laughs>、uh, you know, so so you know, with the opening of of the market, I was in a free economy, whereas、mm. my Parents were in a planned economy, so right, yeah, yeah. So they were. I think my parents knew well enough to stay out of my business. <laughs> gave me a lot of free reign. So,、yeah. uh, and and they also trusted me, which is, I, I, which you know, the more and more I'm appreciating.、Um, but in terms of figuring out、um, professional development、mm. on my own, I think you know, in my early years in the U.S., I benefited a lot from the the sharing from more. Experienced people, you know, I was at roundtables, career development days, etc., and there were very giving people who came to to give us advice, to find us opportunities, etc., etc.、Mm. And back then, you know, I just thought, well, what 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 are they doing it for? What's in it for them, right? And then later on, I recognized that there was nothing that was in it for them. They were just doing it. For the benefit of others, and then the rest of it, I probably learned on the job,、uh, from my failures, from other people's success, from my、mm. peers.、Mm. You know, I I had a peer who,、um, you know, was very very good at taking on additional responsibilities、Mm-mm. beyond her 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 position, and then you know she is the one who exemplified me. If you want to do better, if you want a bigger title and more money, you gotta take on that responsibility and show results.、Right. Then the company is going to catch up、Mm-mm. with a promotion. Yeah. Whereas、mm-hmm. you know, probably before that, my mindset was like, oh, you give me a promotion and then I'll do more, right? Right. But、yeah. but it's really the opposite.、Mm. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, I was. You know, I, I was doing internship in the U.S. in the mayor's office,、mm-hmm. uh, in a city called Haverhill. 
So I was still in like a graduate school and had no idea how to behave in a professional environment. And then luckily in the same office, we had another intern who was a student from Kennedy School uh, mm -hmm. from Harvard. Mm -hmm. So I remember vividly about this case. So some random people mm -hmm. called the mayor's office and he took up the phone and that guy basically <laughs> is a driver on the highway trying to find way to get to the city. It's quite random. You Can you imagine calling the mayor's office ah, to mm -hmm. ask for mm -hmm. direction? Right, right. Right? But this guy, the, the hover guy, and he picked up phone and he has no idea how to get there. And But he didn't say, okay, I'm sorry, it's not my job. Or sorry, I can help you in half. Instead, he found a, a Google map and start to ask him where he is and start to search online mm -hmm. and then give the guy the, 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 the driver's direction. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment that I realized that, you know, actually you should never say it's not my job. Right. It's something additional that you can do and become really helpful and add value mm -hmm. to, to, to the office or the company. Mm -hmm. That's something has such a deep impression in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that's beneficial for me later career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think, you know, uh, we all have to be giving in order to get. Thinking back on it, um, I, I was a beneficiary of other people's giving. Mm -hmm. So now I try to replicate whenever, you know, I was invited to share my views or experience with young people, I'm always mm -hmm. very willing to do that. I think what you shared today is very valuable. Yeah, and very I think inspiring. It's, it's actually exceeded my expectation of what you can share because we were thinking of, of you sharing some career development, uh, like a really sort of the standard and the practical oh. sort of, you know, career development tips. But then it you shared so much more because you know that you talk about the mind you talk about the brain you talk about you know that your thinking path and what helped you to come to where you are personally find it very rewarding and um inspiring yeah, yeah thank definitely. you thank you yeah. thank you so <laughs> much jackie thank you for listening to woman if you have any feedback write to us at woman podcast w-o-m-e-n podcast at outlook.com Thank you.